this is According to Callus. This is August 26th, and this is episode 248. We're going to call it School Days. As in, they must think we're all in a daze to not be paying attention to what's going on. Well, let me just tell you, even here in Texas, sweet Texas, all is not well. Indeed, the uh, Patriots are on defense because... They've been asleep at the switch for decades when it comes to the school system. And as a result, we have at least one, if not two generations of young people that actually think socialism is a good thing and that, well, everything that made Texas or the United States great is actually bad. So without further ado, I am going to give you a story out of Oklahoma. That would be the state directly north of us, for those of you who have a public education. And after we're done with that, I'll relate a brief story about some local doings in this last week. Okay, as you may know, there was a primary on Tuesday the 23rd. And in that primary, the Secretary of Education, Ryan Walters, had defeated his opponent a public school superintendent by the name of April Grace in the Republican primary runoff for the state superintendent of Oklahoma. And at the victory party, he said that uh, this was a definitive statement by the people of Oklahoma about the direction they want to see public education head and that they want a better education for their kids and they're concerned that they're not getting that. Now, It was a different set of emotions for the Tulsa Classroom Teachers Association President Shawana Mott-Wright and her fellow teachers. Now, I will point out most of this is gleaned, actually all of it's gleaned, from a story put out by Mr. Spencer Humphrey, so credit should go to him. And my commentary on top of his statements are clearly my own. And her and her fellow teachers, there were lots of tears last night. In the hours since the election results have come in, Mott Wright says she and the other teacher advocates have gotten the message after message from teachers. They all pretty much say verbatim. If Walters and Stitt win, I'm done with education. I'm not going to teach anymore. I might even quit on the spot. (laughs) Oh, okay. So these are the same people that regale us with how they all make these sacrifices and they're all... Serving the greater good. And it's a calling. And some people call them heroes. And because they didn't get something that they wanted, they're going to quit in a snit. I'm sorry. Uh, What they are is professionals. Some are highly educated. Some are moderately well-educated professionals. They do a job. And like the rest of us in the job market, sometimes their work is not appreciated and the level that you think it ought to be appreciated. And that means you need to change jobs or careers. So I'm really kind of at a loss. So they then carry on that they uh, will face off again, a Democrat, Jenna, Jenna Nelson in the November general election for state superintendent. And she is concerned that we, or let me rephrase. I'll put this in the quotes. Mott Wright said, we cannot have somebody at the helm who is basically going to murder public education. Really? Come on. Give me a break. Now, Walters has been outspoken since putting his name in the hat to become the state superintendent. And 
he has been going back and forth with the Tulsa Public School Superintendent, Dr. Deborah Gist, and has called for an audit of the Texas Public Schools as well as the State Department of Education. Okay, why do you want an audit? And if you do want an audit and everybody's doing everything the correct way, there should be no problem there. Aren't we always hearing, if you have nothing to hide, then you shouldn't fear an audit or a search? Now, truth be told, I think that's largely BS. But I mean, these people that are complaining about this are the ones that are usually telling us this. So, wham. Okay. Walter said, we've got to put money into the classroom. We have added over a billion dollars in the last decade to the education budget, but administrators have focused on growing their bureaucracy. Well, I can tell you that's true. There's a reason for that, and I have discussed it previously, and if I have time, I will touch on it again briefly. So, we're going to continue our fight for Oklahoma conservative values, Walter said. In July, a federal audit was released criticizing how the Oklahoma Department of Education spent the COVID relief dollars meant for education. It ordered the State Department of Education to refund at least $650,000 to the federal government. The audit said that Secretary of Education Ryan Walters declined to a pre-approved purchase option on software design to distribute relief money to families for the purchase of school-related items resulting in families being able to buy non-educational items with the grant money. Okay, so basically, the federal government conveniently provides you software that you need to buy in order to comply with the rules that they set for the money. And apparently, the parents were smart enough to not spend educational funds on only educational items. So it kind of sounds like the problems of the parents, but be that as it may, um, Walter's also been an outscope outspoken proponent for banning the teaching of critical race theory and put himself at the forefront of the movement to ban certain library books. Okay, well, we've got that same thing going on here in McKinney. And he called for the uh, Tulsa Public Schools to remove two books from the libraries with what he described inappropriate sexual material. Now, he goes on further to say we have indoctrination. in our, We've got to get the indoctrination out of our schools and Oklahoma schools are not going to go woke. And we have teachers who reach out to me every week saying they're sending these professional developments that have nothing to do with what I'm teaching. Again, I will say from my personal experience, not firsthand, but clearly secondhand. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of training that teachers and administrators go to that is not at all related to the actual job they're supposed to do. But what it is, is a requirement in order to get certain funds or to meet certain compliance requirements. <clears throat> so Mott Wright says the Tulsa Public Schools have does not and has not ever taught political race theory, critical race, race theory, excuse me. She doesn't know any district in the state that does. Well, this is them just playing dumb. And that's my opinion. They're playing dumb because they know darn good and well what they're doing. So no, there is not a curriculum called critical race theory. However, they take the existing curriculum and through a process called praxis, they insert the critical race theory uh, thoughts and processes and different uh, opinions into what it is they're teaching. I mean, they morph English, they morph social studies, they morph even math, math, excuse me, to comply with what they're trying to out- create an outcome of. So... Uh, no, I'm going to call BS on that. I, I think that uh, that's not true. And she says, I get a lot of messages from teachers who are terrified to teach. I don't want us to have a Holocaust because children aren't learning about it. I don't want another Tulsa race massacre because some people's feelings are hurt. Um, yeah, again, 
nobody wants a Holocaust. I mean, oh yes, we're all Nazis now. I, I get it. And another Tulsa race massacre. Yeah. Okay. Well, first of all, um, interestingly enough, that was government that enhanced and encouraged and turned a blind eye to that. And there's a whole lot more going on there than what is alluded. And again, once again, nobody is calling for that or thinks it's a good idea. It was bad then. It's bad now. Give me a break. And no, they should absolutely learn learn about what happened there. They should be aware of those things. But if you're going to teach history about, let's say, challenging subjects, you have to do more than just paint with a broad brush. It requires a little more nuance. Not that you could ever nuance the Tulsa race massacre being a good thing, but um, I don't even know that you could possibly put the Holocaust in a good light. But there are plenty of other issues in history that get lumped in with that that do have a lot of nuance. Now, I'm not going to defend Sherman's March to the Sea any more than I would defend some of the stuff that went on in the West as we were cleansing it from the Native Americans. Uh, That's all inexcusable. But when you teach it, you have to teach it with the understanding of that time period. And then you can put your, you know, 2020 lenses of, you know, 100 years later or 200 years later, we can look back and say, yeah, maybe that wasn't the best thing for us to be doing. But back then, this was what was going on. This is why they felt threatened. This is what you you have to be even handed. And I know that that's not politically correct. And I know that's upsetting to some people that there's more to that story or two sides to a story. But be that as it may. So Walters, for his point, He'll continue to vote to, or to fight to pass a previously voted down bill to provide parents the taxpayer-funded vouchers to send kids to private schools. I won't rest until they get this. I'm dedicated to that vision. I'm dedicated to working with parents across the state until they have the freedom of choice. Okay, so I'm going to put a little pause there and say, I understand why people want to do this, but I think they're extremely foolish for doing it. That being said, let's go on to the counterpoint. Mott Wright says educators worry that it would deplete the already tight budgets of Oklahoma public schools even more. I'm a mom first, and as a parent, it is your prerogative to do whatever you want with your children short of hurting them, she said. But public money should not be taken from public schools to be spent on non-public things. Well, first of all, it isn't public money. It's tax money that you took from people with the threat of violence at the point of a gun. And then you decided to spend it on these appropriated things that you approve of. And when the parents say, yeah, but we don't agree with that. We don't think this is good. We don't want our children doing this. And because we're not going to take advantage of this, we want to get to keep some of our money that you took from us. So she's equally, if not more so wrong. So last week, Walters and Governor Stitt sent out a press release announcing the executive order aimed at taking action against teachers unions. Okay. With the executive order, Oklahoma educators will be assured the freedom to decline whether or not to participate in union rather than allowing union bosses to intimidate teachers into handing over part of their salaries, the release said. Okay. This is another step. Okay. This is Walters. This is another step in the right direction to focus our classrooms on parents, teachers, and kids. Great. Sounds good. We're cutting the liberal union chains off of our teachers. Okay, fine. But Maude Wright said that this is not set well with teachers that she's spoken to. If you're calling out the union, 
who do you think joins teachers' unions? She disputed the, disputed the claim that teachers in Oklahoma are forced to join unions in order to teach. Um, yeah, it may be a right-to-work state in 2001. There's no forcing or coercing. Um, yeah, well, clearly Mott Wright is full of crud because I can assure you that if you join an organization where 75% of the people in that organization also belong to another organization... And they're the ones that determine whether or not you move up in the chain of command or even get rehired, which is, re, I'm sorry, renewing your employment. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. In our association membership is half Republican and half Democrat. All we care about in our kids is public education. We don't care about party. Uh, no, I call BS on that too, because I will assure you that the so-called Republicans that are in there, they may very well be. But they're browbeat and cowed and they follow along just like they do in every other union. And maybe at the micro level, they might do something that's nominally not left wing. But certainly at the state and federal level, these unions give tons of money to leftist causes, whether or not the entirety of the union membership agrees with it or not, because all the leadership is typically left of center. Some are crazy leftists. So. That being said, it talks about left-wing indoctrination by the Mr. Walters. So the problem here is Mr. Walters is seeking to fix a problem by reappropriating stolen money. I don't think that's going to have the solution that he thinks it's going to have. Likewise, when you give people money to do something, there are always strings. So I was referring to the bureaucracy that he noted well those strings and the bureaucracy are created when you have programs or funding coming from the state or federal level and they require certain levels of compliance or training in order to get those funds and maintain those funds indeed they set you up for failure long term or they provide you with a set of funds for the first two to three years but then after that you have to come up with the funds on your own and that money just doesn't come from nowhere. So, again, I'm not a fan of vouchers. I think there's a lot of people that believe that's going to be the panacea and it's going to fix everything. I don't buy it. I'm not going to argue with people about vouchers. If they get their vouchers or want their vouchers, so be it. But I'm just telling you, uh, you're going to regret it long term. That's my opinion. But I'm not going to waste my political capital on fighting people on something like that. The second thing is unions or associations have soft power and they have hard power. When you can force people to join, that's called hard power. When you can't force them to join, but you can make them, let's say, in a detrimental situation if they don't join you, that's soft power. And if you believe, honestly believe, what this lady's saying, that there's no coercing, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. You're just... Detached from reality, I can't help you. In any case, that's going on in Oklahoma. I can assure you all the more that's going on down here in Collin County in Texas. And while we're on the subject of Collin County, Texas, let me just pause for a moment to relate to you a brief story of something that went on in my fair city. So this last Tuesday, in the run-up to a, let's call it a contentious school board meeting once again for McKinney ISD, there was an, uh, 
incident, an altercation, that occurred between a school board member and a gentleman speaking with another school board member, whereupon, when this person was... I'm going to be very careful because there is a record on this. There is a case in a sworn affidavit or whatever it's called. I, I don't know. Um, the witness filled out a, um, a a statement. And to my knowledge, it was posted online and social media. So it's, it's no secret. It's publicly available, courtesy of my friend Kyle Sims. Um, and I know all three individuals involved in the situation, though the... Uh, the one member of the school board, I would say I know by name and by face, but we're not friends. So the other two individuals uh, were just having a discussion. The third person inserted themselves. The third person started going after the person who was the made the witness statement. And when the other school board member said, do I need to record this? to the person that was uh, being verbally accosted. Those are my words, my opinion. Um, That individual was then uh, physically hit by the other school board member. And I'm trying to be very specific because all this is second and or third hand information. I wasn't there. I didn't witness it, but I heard about it. So now I will tell you That as an adult male, I don't believe I've ever hit another person mm, in anger. I don't believe I've ever hit another person basically without their consent. I mean, when you're wrestling around or fighting with somebody, um, you know, that kind of goes with the territory if you're, you know, if you're roughhousing, okay? But to get in a physical altercation with another person, I don't think I have done that. And if somebody can think of some scenario where that has occurred, I'm certain that there's a good explanation of it because I don't get violent with people. It's just not a good idea. Not since I was a young person. So I am not a small person. And if I were to get that way, it would get messy and I would likely end up in very bad trouble and I would deserve it. So much like the case of, I think it was Rihanna and Chris Brown, Rihanna was smacking all over Chris Brown and doing everything under the sun to irritate Chris Brown. That was perfectly fine. Nobody sees a problem there. But the moment Chris Brown whacks her back, Chris Brown's a criminal. So, yes, of course, you don't hit women. I've heard that since I was a child, and I have followed through with it all my life. It's just not something that you do, period, end of story. But in today's day and age, I think it should also be clear that just because you're a woman or a lady or you identify as female, you don't get to then turn around and hit a male. I'm sorry, but that's just some weird jacked up stuff. Likewise, even if you identify as a male, it's not a good idea to hit another male, particularly one that's larger than you, because that usually won't end well for either one of you. The violent altercation or physical force uh, applied is generally a bad idea, because even if you walk away unharmed physically, 
Hmm. There are repercussions, many of which are legal in nature. So you just don't do it. But apparently in today's day and age, if you are mm, female or identify as female, it is perfectly permissible for you to physically assault other people, particularly males. And while they are criminal, if they touch you, you have no penalty or no repercussions. And I myself find that very problematic because it's never okay to hit another person. Now I say never, I mean, it's never okay to start a physical altercation. I was also raised that if somebody hits you in the face, you have a right to defend yourself. If somebody clubs you with a bat or a stick or comes chasing after you with a weapon, you have a right to defend yourself, but you don't have a right to start a physical altercation. And you may very well start with a verbal altercation and it escalates into a physical altercation, but the person that escalates it into the physical altercation is the person at fault or the person who is wrong. And you are only allowed to defend yourself. And I'm sure there's lots of armchair warriors and armchair lawyers that want to dissect what I've just said here and argue with me. Ah, Don't bother. This is all my opinion. And when it goes to a court or an inquiry, I'm sure they'll tell us what the law is or what they say the law is. And, you know, quite frankly, that's the way the world works right now, whether it's right or wrong. If some guy in a black robe or lady in a black robe says so, then that's how it is for that case at that time. I'm just talking purely my understanding of how the world works. So let me ask you, in what world does a five foot nothing, hundred pound young lady go and think it's a good idea to get in a physical altercation with a man that outweighs her by 50 to 100 pounds and has six to 12 inches height on him? In what world would they think that's okay? One where they're protected by the law and by the mores of the social mores of the community and culture they live in. But it still doesn't make it okay. It still isn't right. It's still not acceptable. You shouldn't get a free pass. If the roles were reversed, it would likely end up with the guy in jail or at the very least arrested. And I got to tell you, that is the right answer. When you go hit somebody else, you ought to be arrested. And I don't care what your plumbing is or what you claim to be. That's the way it works. As an adult, you don't attack other people. Now, if you're attacked and you defend yourself, that's a different story. But then again, if two people are in a fight and the police show up, they're going to arrest both of you, find out what happened, talk to witnesses, and then determine who is at fault and who they're going to have charges brought at. Or the DA will, if you prefer. So, the takeaway is from this is, in both stories, we have people that seem to think the rules don't apply to them. Seem to think that the rules were written to benefit them only. And act accordingly. What I would suggest to you is, we need to hold them to their own standards and the standards that we are held to. And even if they don't like it. We have to do it. Now, as we carry on into the weekend, I may or may not have a special report on Saturday just because I can. This will have to do for the rest of the week. Otherwise, 
This is a Friday. It is the weekend. So, until the next episode, this was episode 248 of According to Callus. I will see you on the other side. Oh, and in case you're wondering, it's still helpful if you like, share, uh, comment, critique, and uh, rate this podcast. We need to grow. We need people to hear what's going on around us and quite frankly just hear a different point of opinion i mean we all live in little capsules right the echo chambers of our lives and i try to step outside of that tom woods calls it the three by five uh card of uh acceptable conversation he goes way outside that and i try and follow suit because while tom woods is a uh few states away he is my intellectual idol (laughs) and i mean that purely in the appreciative not worshipful uh point of phrase again i will see you on the other side have a great weekend